Welcome to the Beauty and Battle podcast, where we talk about winning in marriage by waging a war. I'm Jason Benham. I've got my girlfriend slash wife, Tori Benham, with me, and we are here to talk to you about how Satan tries to get you to fight face-to-face with your spouse, but God designed you to fight shoulder-to-shoulder against Satan so that you can win in your marriage. Fighting together draws you together. We cannot wait to jump in. So here we go. So today we're talking about uh, seven traits of a strong marriage, and we're specifically pulling it out of the book of Philippians. And I and I love doing this because as uh, we read through the scripture every single year, um, just about everybody who's listening to this podcast has some type of relationship with God, and you understand the value of getting into the Bible on a consistent basis, whether you're reading through the New Testament or the whole Bible or whether you're just reading a book, whatever it is, it's good to be in the Scriptures. And so sometimes the Lord points things out that are so good and they're so powerful for a relationship that I can't help but to write it down and want to share it with you. So I Philippians 1. excited to hear. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm just going to let you take over, Tor. Teach me. <laughs> hey, let's start with a song. Yes, so I'll let you pick I let you pick this one out this week cuz you said you wanted to do one. So, go yeah. ahead. I'll sing it let me do. Teaser. Okay, so it's called Beautiful Crazy by Luke Combs. And I love it because it's country. Yes. And I love some good slow country. I think that's We're in the, our country phase of life. Yes. <laughs> and it's the simple life. Yeah. There's definitely Christmas is over. Yeah. Country's in. Country is in. But there's just something about country music that really represents the simple life that I think yeah. is just awesome. Mm. Especially when you're all go, go, go all the time, you know, in your mind. And, and I we, think for you and, and me, we listened to so much country music when we were dating. Yeah. And so, you know, when the Lord gave you that dream and told you to, you know, showed you through revelations, yeah. um, the three R's. Yeah. Remember, repent, redo. Remember was such a big part of the yeah. Lord bringing our relationship um to a new level. Yeah. And so we always go back to the same songs that we listen to. And then of course, just listening to country music. Yeah. We pick up some new ones. You should listen to country music. If you're not, you know, listener person, you <laughs> listen <laughs> to some country music. Uh, before I do the song though, you, you said the word remember that totally just makes me think about Tori and I just got back from California where we did a marriage retreat there. We were in forest falls, California. It was beautiful. It was, it was in the, the mountains. mountains of California. It was in the San Bernardino Forest. It was really interesting. It was cool. Yeah. But There's we talked about... A lot of snow. Yeah. But we talked about remember and how remembering is all about connecting. Mm-hmm. That my my... If you hold up your hand and you look at your fingers, each one of your fingers is associated with your hand. It's connected to your hand. And if one of those fingers gets dismembered, then you need to remember it. Right, you right. got to go get surgery done and, and reconnect it to your to your hand. And so, I was talking about the value of remembering. Remembering is all about connection. Right. So when you remember the things that you used to think and feel and do with your spouse before you guys ever got married, when the emotions were high, mm-hmm. and you remember back to those times, and you remember enough, you know, with fondness, the Lord really does connect you to your spouse. So for me, country music is huge, and so it is it is for Tori too. So. This song, although it wasn't around when Tori and I were dating, it is a great country song, and you should definitely 
pull it up on Apple or Google or whatever and dance with your spouse to this. Here's beautiful, crazy Luke Combs. I'm just going to pray, play the, uh, pray. I'm just going to pray about <laughs> I'm gonna it. I'm going to pray over it right now. Yeah. I'm just going to play a little bit. Here okay. we go. Don't you love that voice? I do. I love him. So is is my crazy beautiful to you? You're crazy. <laughs> Tori is so wacky, but it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I can see how that can that one could backfire. I've seen so many men, they're like trying to compliment their wives and they say something. They're like, wait, you just said I look really good. Does that mean I didn't look good yesterday? He's like, well, what? <laughs> so funny. Wait a second. I won't overthink it. Okay, don't overthink it. You're beautiful is crazy. To me, whatever. You're crazy is beautiful to me. <laughs> I just screwed it all up. Okay, can we jump into this? Yeah, let's jump okay, in. Philippians one. Um, so we're gonna talk about the seven straight seven traits of a strong marriage in Philippians one. Paul is writing a really cool letter to the Philippians. And there's so much in Philippians that we can pull out. I mean, it's the famous verse everybody knows, Philippians four thirteen. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Yes, that's right. So what we need to pay attention to, though, when we're reading Scripture, is we got to pay attention to how the books open and how they close. Because the bookends, the intro and the outro, are two of the most important things that you can pay attention to. So I say this about um, mar- uh, excuse me, about the Bible. It opens with a marriage and it closes with one. Those are the bookends. So in Genesis 2, we have a marriage between Adam and Eve. In Revelation 22, we have a marriage between Christ and the church. So everything in between is a battle. So if the Bible has the bookends of marriage, it shows you how important marriage is to the story. Mm-hmm. Now, when we're reading Scripture, we got to pay very close attention to how letters open and how they close. And so I was reading Philippians 1, and I'm seeing how Paul opens his letter to the Philippians, and he writes it in such a tender way that I thought, wow, if every spouse could communicate the same way to their partner as Paul just communicated to the Philippians, it would be like you would have a fantastic relationship. So I I peeled out seven things, Tor, and we're going to look at these. To awesome. see what Paul did and see if we can apply them to our own marriage. I love it. So how about Thank you, you take the time to do this? How about you do the <laughs> the seven things for me today? Okay. Uh, you give them to me and then I'll try it out. <laughs> You're gonna test it out. <laughs> All right. So let me just start in verse three of Philippians um chapter one, and we'll go through this uh verse by verse. I thank my God every time I remember you. Oh, gratitude. Number one, thankful. Mm. Seven traits of a strong marriage. Number one, be thankful. Yeah. I mean, gratitude breaks down emotional walls. Yeah. Can you imagine though, Tor, like if I sent you a text or if I wrote you a letter or if I sent you an email and I started it this way, Tori, I thank my God every time I remember you. Yeah. Like that's power. It is powerful. And just knowing what we know now about what the the power of gratitude and how it releases the feel good chemicals in our body that yeah. keep us coming back for more puts us on a perpetual cycle that is healthy for our bodies. Yeah, um, it releases dopamine, oxytocin, um, serotonin. serotonin. 
I don't even know what that does. Yeah. But I, I heard it's cool. <laughs> they're, all, they're all chemicals that um, benefit us and they're released through gratitude. You know what I think is so crazy about this is that when I look at that scripture and I see, he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. Mm. So he's saying that I'm, I'm proactively going back in my mind and I'm thinking good thoughts about you. And when I think about like the memories that we have together, you know, cause obviously Paul had been there in that Philippian church for a while and he had, you know, been on the road, but then he's remembering back to experiences that he has with them. When he remembers, he's thankful. And that gratitude is something that's very powerful in your relationship. So that's number one is thankful. Number two, this is the very next verse. He says, in all my prayers for all of you. Now just stop right there. He's prayerful. So he's thankful and he's prayerful. Like this is something that like, the Lord convicted me about a long time ago is that you're supposed to be my number one priority in prayer. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can pray for my business. I can even pray for the kids. I can pray for um, uh, revival. I can pray for our governing leaders like we're supposed to be you know, praying for, but ultimately my number one priority in prayer is to pray for you is to ask God to just, you know, help Tori, Mm -hmm. you know, in whatever area that you need help with. And then us, Mm -hmm. you know, when I'm praying for you, I'm praying for us. So it's prayerful. I mean, you know how many people take that for granted? Yeah. I know I did. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a part of our story. You know, our first five years of marriage, we were hovering at a six or a seven on a scale of one to 10. And one of the reasons why is because I was getting up every morning and praying really hard for my business. And that's where my heart was going. Like yeah. where you, what you're, what you treasure, your heart's going to follow. And so your heart is revealed by what you pray for. Yeah. Like your treasure is revealed mm-hmm. by what you pray for. So we, we got to be prayerful for our spouse. Yeah. So good. Agree. I agree. <laughs> Just the power of focus and prayer bring, brings you into focus. Yeah. And you, you're, if if you're having a hard time with your spouse at this point, keep praying. Mm-hmm. And the prayers don't just need to be, Lord, change him or change her. It's actually pray for them. Like, be empathetic. Mm-hmm. Like, Lord, I know who they are, and I know you love them. You know, God's not just your father. He's your father-in-law. So what what would God want you to do for his kid? Then do it and be a part of praying for them. So it's prayerful. Number two, or so that was number two. Number three as the rest of verse four, and he says, um, in all my prayers, I pray for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel. So he says, I pray with joy. So that's that's the the third thing is joyful. You know, if you don't feel joy, mm. you need to rejoy. Yeah. Well, how do you rejoy? You know, like in terms of we hear rejoice. Yeah. Like rejoy. Well, that you give back to God what you have. Mm. So it's this state of surrender with the Lord where we're giving back what we have to him, whatever that is. And so um, that's the the essential element of love is sacrifice. Sacrifice is, is willing to give up something for the object of your affection. That's how we rejoice. That's how we stay joyful. It's like living in a state of surrender to the Lord. I think so many spouses need to hear that. Like you, you need to be joyful in your relationship. Mm. Not just, oh, I'm so joyful because I'm married to you, but I'm a joyful person. Yeah. Regardless of how you may treat me at this moment, I'm still a joyful person. So I think this joyful thing and and understanding that if we don't feel joyful, we need to rejoy, which means we rejoice. get back in that. Yeah, we rejoice. We get back in that state of surrender, that state of giving back to God what he's given to us. And that's how we stay joyful. That's so good. So that's number three. So it's thankful. It's prayerful. It's joyful. 
let me continuing on, we're going to get to the to the fourth one. He says this in the rest of that verse. He goes, because of your partnership in the gospel. He's like, I'm joyful because of your partnership in the gospel. That's number four is partnership. Yeah. I think so many couples lose this mm. where you need to recognize that your your spouse is your partner. Like, oh, well, that's, of course, my spouse is my partner. No, but think about it. Like your buddy. Yeah. Like you have, you should fellowship with each other. And fellowship means friendly association especially with people who share one's interest. It's get a common interest, find something that you both enjoy doing, and do it together yeah. as partners, right. as buddies. Like what you did with me with college football. You know, that, that wasn't something that you were all excited about, but you allowed yourself to be my college football watching buddy, and you became a really good one. I actually, I actually enjoy it as much as you do now. Yeah. But the same is true with me. With there were some things that I did with Tori. You know, I, I tell everybody all the time when we took our love language um, tests when we first got married. Um, one of my bottom love languages was quality time, but right. that was Tori's top. But then as I started spending quality time with her, next thing I know, I took a love language test a few weeks ago, and my top love language was quality time. Right? It's crazy. It is crazy. Yeah. So. It's a lot of walks when you didn't want to, but that's what God does. It's like changes your heart. He sees that, that you're trying Mm -hmm. and he comes in and then he does the rest, which leads us to the very next component of a strong marriage. This is number five. And this is in verse six. And he says, um, be, I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. That number five is confidence. Hmm. It's it's keeping a confidence in God. Yeah. It's projecting power into the future of your relationship. It's not going, yeah, you know, my husband, you know, he does this. He always does this. He's never going to change. Well, well, you need to have confidence that God can do something. Mm-hmm. It's trusting that the Lord is going to turn this thing around, is that if you do your part, you can trust that God will do his part. You want a strong marriage? Well, then you have to have confidence in the Lord mm-hmm. that he's going to reward you and he's going to do his part. So good. Right? I love it. Number so it's, six. It's confidence. That's number five. Now, moving on to number six. Okay, this is the very next verse. Okay? And and Paul says this before he gets to the to the number six. He, he does this, say this in verse seven. He says, it's right for me to feel this way about all of you. Hmm. So he just mentioned how thankful he was, how prayerful he was, how joyful he was, how he looked at them as partners, and how he had confidence in God hmm. that God could do anything. And then he goes and he says, I feel all these awesome things about you. It's right for me to feel this way about you. So he's, he's, he, it's like when God created, mm-hmm. you know, in the six days and God creates. And at the end of each day he says, Hey, that's good. Yeah, that's good. Paul's writing this and he's saying all these nice things about the people. And then he goes, by the way, it's really good that I'm feeling this way yeah. about you right now. Yeah. Like he's taking it in. It's an experience it's so that good he's to having. Say those things out loud. Words are really powerful. Yeah. So I love that. That's really good. So he says, it's right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart and whether I am in chains or defend or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. That's number six, empathy Mm. that Paul right there was saying, Hey, I'm with you and you're with me. It's a, we're in this thing together. It's I'm going to turn toward my spouse. I'm not going to turn away from my spouse. Tori and I've talked a lot about that on our podcast and in our book that 
How do you respond to your spouse when they do uh, make a bid for affection, whatever that is? Mm. Do you turn toward or turn away? Turning toward says, hey, we're in this thing together. Spouse going through something difficult. You know, imagine the, the classic example, wife makes dinner, it's all ready, husband shows up an hour late. But imagine instead of her being upset, she goes up and gives him a hug and says, I know if you're an hour late, something must have happened. I'm really, is there anything that, that we, you need to talk about? You doing okay? Yeah. Kind of, you know, like that kind of thing. Now, I know that's a little extreme, but the, the mindset is the same. Yeah, it's so good. And it's so important to, to recognize those patterns. If you see a pattern in your life where you're turning away from your spouse, you really need to t- take a minute to figure out why that is. That's happened to us so many times in our relationship where I'm turning away from you or you're turning away from me. And we're like, okay, what's going on here? Like, what is this? Let's talk about it. Let's figure out what the root of it is because this isn't drawing us close. It's drawing us further apart. And that's not where we want to go. That's not where we want to be. Yeah. So, but you really do need to nip those things in the butt quickly mm-hmm. or they just, you just, the, the wedge gets um, greater and greater if you don't yeah. take it from our experience. And so then what you do is you make sure, and Tori and I, we, we're, we're going to be releasing our Beauty and Battle Marriage Boot Camp along with our Beauty and Battle Marriage Challenge, five-day marriage challenge. We're going to do it soon, probably around Valentine's Day. But in our boot camp, we talk about how you need to uh, you need to make sure that your actions align with your goals and values, not your emotions. Yep. Don't let your actions be determined by your emotions. Right. But let your actions be determined by your goals and values. So what Tori is saying is true. Is even when you don't want to turn towards your spouse and mm-hmm. everything inside of you, including your own body, is saying, heck no, get away. Yep. Uh, don't allow your actions to be determined by that emotion. Right. Figure out what you want in that moment. Exactly. I was just about to say, and what you do is you just ask the simple question, what do I want? Yeah. Do I want connection? Do I want, uh, or do I want to create a gap between me and my spouse, you know, separating me from my greatest support? Yeah. Right. It's like sometimes you don't even realize that the things that you are doing are, are, um, creating the very thing you don't want. So you just simply have to say, wait, what do I want? Well, Mm -hmm. I actually, I actually want connection. I actually want a good relationship. I want Jason and I, um, to be on the same team. Right. Well, is it what I'm doing getting me what I want or is it taking me from what I want? Yeah. And it's it's asking what do I ultimately want? Because what you may want in the in the short term might involve like a noose or a knife or something like that. <laughs> a noose? <laughs> a noose. I was like, what? Yeah, get a rope. Um but ultimately, like what do I ultimately want? What I ultimately yeah. want is connection, exactly. deeper connection right. with my spouse. Yeah. So therefore, I'm going to allow my words and my deeds to line up with what I want, not what I feel. Mm-hmm. That's important. So number six was empathy. And number seven here in verse eight, and this is the last one, he says, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. Number seven is affection. affectionate. Yeah, it's Good. affection. Yep. You know what affection is? It's a gentle feeling of fondness or liking. Mm. So how do you feel about that? You know, how do you feel about your spouse? If you go back and remember what you used to feel, even if your emotions maybe don't feel quite so loving right now, go back and remember those things and just know that that you married that person. Oh, well, they're changed now. Well, maybe on the outside they have, but maybe there's some wounding that's gone on. Maybe there's some stress that's there that's kind of clouding it. Maybe there's some swelling in their life Mm. and the swelling needs to go down. You know how swelling goes down? Healthy marriage habits. Yep. 
It's it's fun stuff that you guys can do together. It's watching a movie. It's finding another show that you guys enjoy and just doing it together. It's going for walks. It's doing things that don't allow you to clash because there's going to be plenty of opportunities to clash, you know, and you know, ultimately what leads to affection is appreciation. Right. Again, we always go back to gratitude, Mm -hmm. you know, enter Psalm 100 100 verse four, enter my gates with thanksgiving, my courts with praise. Mm -hmm. We get God's presence by thanking him for what he does and praising him for who he is. We do the same with our own spouse. Yep. That appreciation leads to affection. So, so those are our seven traits, Tor. Right out of it. Philippians one. Let me give them to you one more time. Okay. All right. They're thankful. Mm-hmm. A strong marriage. They they're thankful for each other. They're prayerful. Yep. They pray for each other. They're joyful. You know, they're, they're not, yeah. They're not mm-hmm. like walking around as zombies. You know, mm-hmm. they 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 actually are decently joyful and mm-hmm. happy. Um, they treat each other as partners. That's number four. Number five, they have confidence in God that God can turn things around for the good. They're yep. not projecting powerlessness into the future. They're projecting power. I love that. Um, they're number six. They're empathetic yep. for each other. Re- remember, sympathy sees a person drowning and throws a life vest. Empathy dives into the water. Mm-hmm. So jump in there with your spouse. And number seven, they're affectionate, which is that that gentle feeling of fondness or liking. And that is what makes a strong marriage. That's so good. I love that. Paul, Paul wasn't even married and he's saying this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's easier to write than to, than to do. Boom. Paul, she just <laughs> Paul lobbed came. one at you. That was a grenade from Tori. Oh, no, I'm, I'm still a big Paul fan. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so, well, hey. Thanks for hanging out with us. Real quick, though, oh, yeah. I got to share a recipe. Oh, I forgot about that. Um, so, Lundy May, we call her Lundy May Huvier sometimes. <laughs> from <laughs> from the Grinch. Grinch, yeah. Um, she is um, home with us the second semester, homeschooling. Um, and so she's helping me with meals. Oh, that's and so cool. So, we made a meal together. You'll see her on uh, the reel that I'm going to put together to show you how we did it. Um, chick um, imitation healthy Chick-fil-A tenders. Oh gosh. Yes. That was so good. Yeah. They're so good. So we have a, we have an air fryer. You can, you can definitely bake these in the oven, but if you have an air fryer, it it really did turn it up a notch. They turned out really, really good. They're super healthy. And you made special sauce. Yeah. Chick-fil-A sauce, like a healthy Chick-fil-A sauce. Um, So anyways, I'll share the recipe. Basically the, the secret ingredient to making um, your chicken tenders taste just very, very similar to Chick-fil-A, marinate them in pickle juice. Oh yeah, that's true. Forgot about that. (laughs) I have heard about that though. Pickle juice. Pickle juice. So you marinate them overnight in pickle juice. And then um, the, 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 um, what you bread them in is basically um, a little bit of coconut sugar, if you don't do that, it honestly doesn't taste like Chick-fil-A. Like I've tried it without any sugar, without sweetener. Can't do it. Chick-fil-A uses some kind of sweetener in there for yeah, sure. They do. It's paprika, um, coconut sugar, salt, pepper, and I used a gluten-free um, flour and some gluten-free panko. Panko? Yep. And what is panko? I, it, I honestly don't know, but it's like a breadcrumb. But this is gluten-free and it's a little bit more crispy. Okay. I think it's rice. Yeah. I think it's like an organic rice. Nice. Anyways, it's not a ton, just a little bit of panko to give that crunch. And it turned out so good. Everyone loved it. Um, I mean, if you're eating Chick-fil-A, like 
four days a week and then you have this, they might be like, Ugh, really <laughs> but it's <gross."> definitely <laughs> better for you. But if you're not, you know, like eating like that and you're eating healthy, this it's, it's legit. It's really good. Yeah. So anyways, I'll share that with you. And then the Chick-fil-A sauce, all it is is like mayo, um, um, mustard, honey, must not honey, mustard, honey, um, Dijon mustard and a few other ingredients. It's very simple. Oh, lemon juice. It's like basically it. And it tastes just like Chick-fil-A. It was sauce. great. And the best part was I was literally murdering those things. And I liked it better than Chick-fil-A, honestly. Um, yeah. Cause you know, it's like, healthy. So Tori, yeah. this is so good. It tastes even better than Chick-fil-A. Thank you so much. She's like, my pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> Not really, but that would have been a perfect line. Oh, does everybody know that that's what they say at Chick-fil-A? Of course. <laughs> My pleasure. Hey, guys, pleasure. you know what? It was a pleasure hanging out with you. It was a pleasure. Today. So don't forget, rate, review, subscribe. Thanks for hanging out with us. And we will see you next week yep. on Beauty and Battle. Yeah, you know what? Maybe we should do like a true crime episode. <laughs> on what? On, I don't know. Some couple that ended up like one of them killed the other. And- oh, my gosh. Next week on Beauty and Battle. Okay, that one's not going to work. <laughs> we'll I don't s- even know how to respond to that. Yeah, I know it's stupid, but still. <laughs> and what you guys love about us is I don't cut any of that stuff out. I'm sitting here going, oh my gosh, please cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks guys. Thanks you for guys. hanging out with us. See ya.